Welcome to Views from the Porch, a lifestyle podcast where we have weekly conversations about some of the biggest challenges young adults face today. Our desire is to use God's word in our experience leading thousands of young adults at the porch to challenge you, push you, keep it real with you, and walk alongside you as you navigate your defining years as a young adult. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live or follow us on social media. And with that, here's this week's episode. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch with the one, the only, John David Rogers. What up? And Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And today, what are we talking about? We are going to discuss how Christians should think about the events happening in Ukraine mm. and the war going on, um, the declared war going on between Russia and Ukraine. And I think that when things hit worldwide news and pastors start speaking out and everyone's... Celebrities start writing poems. Mm-hmm, everyone's posting... It's just kind of like, man, what's what's our role? Yeah. And also, I think talking about, too, how should we be informed? Because I think today it's like information just is always kind of sketchy. Yeah, totally. And so first, for those that somehow maybe are going, I don't even trust the information I've gotten. I've tried to keep up, but I don't know, I don't know what's really going on. Can you just give a quick uh, synopsis of all the events taking place? Yeah. So in Ukraine, for the last several months... Uh, Russia has been putting troops on the border, and it was two. It was last week that basically Russia has now invaded Ukraine and sent forces into uh, Kiev or Kiev. A couple weeks on, by the time we release this. Right? A couple weeks by the time that we release this, and has begun to basically assault that country. There's so much developing daily that by the time we release this, there may have been even there were peace talks at the border. Uh, at one point, and by the time that this gets released, my guess is that things will only have escalated even worse, but it also could not. But I think a bigger picture question is how do Christians think about it, and how, what should we do about it, and stay informed about it, and understand it. Mm -hmm. And the first thing is to lift up brothers and sisters, and really just the nation in general uh, of Ukraine in prayer, and to pray for Christians and people who are standing... uh, for their faith and are trying to be light and salt and light in the church that's in Ukraine. And so many references past weekend that they are out of Bibles in Ukraine, that, that God is doing something and the church is doing something in the midst of all of this turmoil and all this chaos. Mm-hmm. I think what is unusual, because we live in the West and most people listening to this live in America, we have been so sheltered from national conflict. And by that, I don't mean internally. I mean two countries fighting against each other, that it's shocking to us that a Western nation would be attacked and under assault and invaded. Mm-hmm. Like it's reminiscent of World War II and of Nazi Germany. and remin- Like, it's just, it hasn't really yeah. happened in our lifetime Those like Those like this. things you read about in a Exactly, history. exactly. Or things that are commonplace in the Middle East. Yeah. It's, it's almost bizarre that it's not crazy to me that war happens in the Middle East, but it's crazy when it happens in Europe. And the fact of the matter is that human nature apart from God's grace and the spirit of God at work in his people and even the legacy of the influence of the church in a particular area has been prone to conflict for the majority of human history. In other words, war, violence, oppression, those are all things that come naturally to man. That the assumption that, you know, everybody's nice and everybody thinks like we do and everybody wants to just get along is just not true. Mm -hmm. And that war and 
fighting for power and the dismissal of human life or the non-valuing of particular human lives is a part of the fabric of really history in a tragic way. And it just reflects something that sometimes we can get naive to because we kind of live in the Disney world of the world, which is America, where roads are paved, things are peaceful. There's a police person you can call if you get in trouble. Now, or you can call 911. Yeah. yeah, today. And the historic trajectory of mankind has been violence and been what happens whenever the spirit of God's not a part of somebody's life where it produces um, what you see in nature is violent. Like, you know, you've been to Africa, been to Africa. Yeah. You've seen the violence that happens when an animal tears another animal you apart. You just got to get on YouTube yeah, for that. It, it, the rule of the jungle is the rule, honestly, of the world apart from uh, the spirit of God and apart from some of the ways that America's played a role in helping police things about. But the rule of the jungle, just like the rule of, of sin, nature, is might makes right. Like, hey, I'm strong enough and I can get away with it. And and when you live in a society that has all the customs and the rules and the laws and the uh, consequences, if you commit actions like that, you can be naive to the fact that this is just normal. And this is what happens apart from the spirit of God intervening and his common grace allowing it to be prevented and also his people and people operating not underneath like, hey, I want what's best for me and I'm going to do it if I can get away with it. That's just what people do. And so that's what's happening right now in Russia. And I think it's a, a way to remind ourselves and remind the world in a sense that this is why there's a need for a savior. There is brokenness and man apart from God and his grace intervening is going to operate in a selfish, self-seeking, self-preserving, other excluding way. And that's what's happening on a national scale with Russia and Ukraine right now. Yeah, I think there's a piece of me, David, that one, I do think people are going to start caring about it more. Not just, I think at first, a lot of people are, oh my gosh, this is happening. The news is all over it. And so I'm affected yeah. emotionally. And then it kind of dies down. But I think people are going to think about this longer because it's going to affect us in the U.S. with, like, food prices, gas prices, things like that. Things yeah. are going to become a little bit more uncomfortable. The reality of people in poverty, like, they're, like death is going to happen here in the U.S. from yes. everything that I'm seeing. But what what really hits me about it, I think, is that, like, leadership really matters. So yeah. how are we supposed to look at the leader in Russia versus the leader in the Ukraine and then even to our leaders here in the U.S. Like, how, help us, like, wrap our heads around that. Yeah, I think, you know, First Timothy chapter 2 says pray for kings and all those who are in high places. I think that we have a responsibility to pray for our leaders, that they would know Jesus and be informed by his spirit. And there is, um, if you're president of the United States or vice president or Supreme Court justice and you're going to hell, uh, it's not a worth, worthy trade. And that's a tragic thing. We should want everybody to know Jesus. So one, you would pray for him. And uh, I think one of the tricky challenges, and I think in our lifetime we're going to see this, and this is kind of a hot take, so I'm taking another direction. When America, after World War II, America emerged as the dominant superpower, and especially that became clear after the Cold War and the, U the Soviet Union collapsed. Yeah. And the role America has played, whether you agree with it or not, and I think there's room to disagree in the biblical grounds for it and we could we could the leader Christians the leader of the world. Like we are kind of leader of the world and also a um a role in keeping peace. Yeah. 
and playing the policeman, yes, if you will. Yeah. And some of that was self-interest involved. Some of it was not handled well. And that's and we can debate that, and we could talk about all the ways that's been a real um, gift to the world around us. And there's ways that it has not been a gift to certain parts of the world around us. And but all that aside, I think within our lifetime, with um, the deterioration of the role that America historically has played for at least for the last 55 decades, we're going to see increasing amounts of this type of thing happen where nations do this type of role. I mean, you see, it wouldn't be crazy if in six months China does the same thing to Taiwan, that it has disagreed over whether Taiwan is an actual part of China. Taiwan says we're not. China says we are. And there are even ways in which uh, nations will not declare it's an independent territory because they don't want to throw off the China. But that's a, that's a distraction just to say this type of thing likely is going to become increasingly as America rots and internally decays and the presence the church has played of promoting light and promoting life and values and the family and the ways that the strong and strength of the Christian faith that's undergirded a lot of the way that we think about the world. As this country continues to rot and decay, and hopefully Jesus comes back soon, we're going to get a front row seat on seeing more and more of this type of thing happen. And it will be less unusual because the strength of uh, America will no longer play the role that it has. And candidly, it's going to be even darker in a world where there's not just a... uh, a police force that's America, but if the police force becomes a nation that's run by atheists or communists or, and by that I mean another country, like a world governed by Iran will not be as kind as a world that America's played a, a role in helping establish peace and order about yeah. in. And we can criticize, you know, the ways America hadn't done that well, but it certainly is going to be a lot better, or it certainly will be better than it would have been in uh, an environment where it's run by uh, national leaders who don't think women have the same rights as men. Which is many countries. Yeah, totally. And so that, that is kind of what I'm trying to say is, hey, I think we're going to see and have a front row seat to the continual reminder of people in neutral don't operate with the values and see life the way that we see it. They see it through sin and is a reflection of the need that we all have for a Savior. Does that make sense? Yeah. So do you think when I, when I read the Old Testament, war was oftentimes things that are a thing that God would use to accomplish a, a work, a plan yeah. to prove his power. Yeah. I even think about how like it says that he hardened Pharaoh's heart for all those years so that the world could so he could display his glory by parting the Red Sea and then like, you know, devoured the Egyptian army and all this stuff. So what is God's role in this war? You know, we're praying, God, please end the war, but what if God's trying to use the war? Yeah. That's a good question. I, uh, you know, the scripture, as you kind of alluded to, points that he is in in a way that we probably can't fully understand or maybe ever understand using the war because he's using all things for the good of those who love him, that he's in control and he's sovereign over all those things. And I still think there's a way in which we can pray for peace and pray for the church to be strong while knowing that regardless of what happens or leaders do, that God is still at work and he's still going to use and bring about his his will and good through it in ways that we may not fully understand. Like Psalm 2 talks about how the nations rage and plot in vain and God laughs up in the heavens as he looks and uh, that none of this is a surprise to God and he's in control. And I think it's a reminder of... What do you mean he laughs? 
It says that the nations plotting against the Lord's anointed makes him, it's like, man, that's, these, these people stand nothing to me. I, with a moment, I could stop them from breathing. I'm in control of all things. Yeah. So it's it, not like he's laughing, I can join the war. Yeah, no, like no, no, no. Like uh, at, at Putin thinking he's in control, God laughs at that. You're not in yeah. control of anything. You're not in control of your next breath. And that's what it means. It's almost like an ingest. But I think we can rest knowing that God's going to use it. And it, it's why, man, the church matters. Life matters. Mm-hmm. And apart from the Spirit of God intervening, this is what happens. Yeah, and God's not distant or um, just like hands off. And he's actively working. We see stories all the time that have been inspirational, even on social media, totally. of watching um, Christians pray, watching People, like even the leader of Ukraine, watching him stay and say, like, I don't need a ride. Like, I need ammunition. I'm going to stay here and fight yeah. for my people. This is what a leader does. Yeah. So it's it's like knowing God is actually working yeah. in so many different situations right now. Yes, and and through the church. And, um, and I think the thing that um, I'm reminded of is it seems so crazy to us. If I was to describe a, an, a, in 100 years that our children— our sons or our grandsons or whatever, or just in America, think of an environment where JD, all the men between ages 18 to 60, that's you, that's me, Mm -hmm. that's your husband, Laura. Hey, none of you can leave and all of you show up and we're going to give you a gun and a Molotov cocktail and we're going to fight. And we're going to take your wife and kids. Or you're going to send them. Yeah, you're going to send them. Yeah. Get get out of here because it's about to be war. We'd go, that's in Dallas? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And yet that's exactly what people would have thought in Ukraine. I mean, it's just, this is the trajectory of mankind when sin runs rampant. And I think there's a naivety to that, that this is just what has happened in, for centuries. Yeah, here's what's really sobering for me and really sad is that I think the, uh, just we'll just take America, for instance. I think we get so emotional about so many things that feel close to home yeah. that we can't think of the big picture. Yeah. For instance, um, we're I think we're distracted, like as a country. No question. I think we are making mountains out of molehill, molehills. Like we are fighting injustices that feel like big injustices. Yeah. When you're that at the expense of actual injustices. Yeah. Not to discredit. No, I think but. I think that's so true. I mean, I think a lot of the silly cultural battles that people fight right now, they're not fighting them in Ukraine. Here, here's what I mean by that. There is a a unbiblical battle over gender happening in America. Yeah. Where, hey, there's not man and woman. There's a spectrum, and it's based on how you feel, and you may think you were born with— uh, And it's th- hurting people. Male anatomy, and you yeah. were born— They're not debating that in Ukraine. Yeah. They're not going, hey, all the men who think that they're men— Stay and fight. They're going, uh, if you're a male, you're staying and fighting. Mm-hmm. And it just, there's some, um, when conflict or something like this happens, it, it brings some clarity and puts into focus uh, the truth in a weird, bizarre way. It makes like yeah. the things that you fight, we've become so comfortable and so fat and happy in a, in a figurative way that we begin to pick fights about things that are just so silly. Yeah. yeah. And there's a there's a moral clarity, I think, that comes when you begin to see the world as it really is. 
Uh, so my my question is really just like, how should we, in response to that, because I think it stirs up this like frustration in me, which I yeah. don't think is good, but like, how should we react to that? Because it's easy, I think as Christians, to point the finger and say, or look around at everyone and be like, how could we be so dumb? And it's just like, that's probably not the answer. So how should, in general, we respond? To? To... um. Even even just like sobering up and realizing like, hey, yeah, these are the decisions that our country made w- or whatever that uh, people in office are in office right now. We elected them maybe. And, and, and now we're like sitting with our hands like, oh, my gosh, all this stuff is happening. Yeah, like, like criticizing the government for criticizing, not acting. Yeah. In conversations, if somebody comes up to me and says like, all this stuff, it's easy to get fueled up and be like, oh, yeah, this person that and Biden this and yeah. this would never happen if, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we can pray for those people. There's Christians who disagree. I mean, there's people who say, no, America shouldn't play the role of the police force around the world. And it's it's uh, it's only a cost to us. And then there's people that uh, say, no, America absolutely should. And then there's people in the middle that are like, hey, I think if it serves the self-interest of America, then they should play a role. And we, you could debate that. I just don't think it's productive. I think a better use of time is praying for our leaders, praying for what God is doing there, electing leaders who share the values that you share in ideally biblical values. And, um, and I think being more quick to pray than to post, uh, you know. Yeah, and, about, and speak. And speak. And I think, but if it's true and it's right, then I think we have a responsibility to speak it, but um, while extending grace and being humble as we do. Yeah, I feel like you do that really well. My last question is, um, you know, it can feel like we have kind of have our hands tied over here in the States watching all this happen from screens. Yeah. And I would imagine if we were to ask, hey, what can we do to help? We would yeah. be told to pray. Yeah. Is prayer enough? I think if there's a way, in fact, if you are listening and there is a way, an organization or a ministry that we could partner with, that's been something that that we were discussing this week is like, man, is there something the porch can do to partner beyond prayer? And there are listeners and people that are in Ukraine that uh, listen to the porch and perhaps even are listening to views from the porch. So I'd love to hear if there is a way in which we could more proactively um, provide resources, Bibles, things like that, if there's an organization Please let us know. And um, but I w- I would say it is. <laughs> that's the crazy thing. Is no, like that's where I was going next. Yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. I think we ask that question because we almost downplay the importance and power of exactly. prayer. Exactly. Yeah. And um, there was a statement put out. I was going to read really quick from ten seminaries that are inside of it's Kiev's Theological Seminary and the Evangelical Reformed Seminary of Ukraine. They put a statement out that said this: We confess the real and unlimited power of God over all countries and continents, Psalm 24, verse 1, as well as kings and rulers, Proverbs 21, 1. Therefore, nothing in creation can interfere with the fulfillment of the good and perfect will of God. We, together with the first Christians, affirm, Jesus is Lord and not Caesar. We stand in solidarity with the nation of Ukraine, share the pain of those who have already lost loved ones, and we pray that the aggressor's plans will be thwarted and put to shame. We call on the goodwill of the world to resist the lies and the hatred of our aggressor, calling everyone to petition the, basically a ceasefire of the hostility towards us. And they released that and got just tons of, of people and traction of sharing that. 
Mm-hmm. But it's a posture of somebody in the midst of attack saying, hey, we believe there is no leader in charge other than God. Jesus is Lord, not Caesar, not Putin, not Zelensky. And we, while calling on the nation and the aggression to stop, we also believe that God and his plan cannot be thwarted, which doesn't mean we don't have a responsibility to do right and speak truth. But in the face of losing their life, standing courageously on what God says is true. So, good. so what have you prayed for them now as we wrap up? I'd love to. Father, we thank you for just the people of your people in Ukraine. The fact that the church is present and at work and that your spirit is alive and using tragic environments and tragically loss of life. And yet you're not silent. You're not asleep. We ask that you would cease the wars mm-hmm. like you say you do in Psalm 46 and that you would bring about peace. But we know that even the uh, ceasefire is only a temporary peace. And ultimately, you and your return will establish peace forever. And so we pray you would come quickly. And in the meantime, would you help us to be faithful? I pray that you would strengthen the church in Ukraine, that you would protect loved ones and those who are vulnerable and those who are hurting, and that you would reunite families and that you would establish your church stronger than ever before in that land and in our land. In Christ's name, amen. 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 I love it. Well, that's it from us. If there's any way we can serve you, as always, email us at info at porch.live. We'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch, follow us on social media or visit us at theporch.live. And as always, go in peace and love to serve the Lord this week.